First Thessalonians chapter 5. Well, it's hard to believe it's already Thanksgiving week. Man, this year is flying by, isn't it? So for tonight, we're going to consider some thoughts on being thankful. The calendar says I have to. So we're going to a very familiar passage, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 18. If you'll look at that with me, it says, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So many people want the will of God for their life. Much of it's already revealed in God's Word. This is one of those verses. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Our national Thanksgiving holiday is uniquely American. Amen. We would not be out of, a, out of line to say it is also uniquely Christian. Amen. Believe it or not, this nation used to be mindful of God and His providential blessings. If you were to set out to study the history of Thanksgiving proclamations, you would find an interesting study because there are several different dates given for what is considered the first Thanksgiving Day proclamation because there's the colonial angle, there's the presidential angle as well. The first presidential Thanksgiving proclamation was by George Washington in 1789. I'll read you a little bit of that here in a minute. But as far back as the observance of Thanksgiving can be traced, and while there were days proclaimed as days of Thanksgiving, it was not until December 26, 1941, that the fourth Thursday in November was established as a federal holiday called Thanksgiving. 1941. I find that interesting because it seems to me presidents today give an annual national thanksgiving proclamation more because of tradition and because the calendar says so than because our nation is truly grateful to God. It seems like it is more of a checklist item to accomplish throughout the year. And in fact, it would seem that our Thanksgiving holiday became a national holiday because of tradition rather than a heartfelt gratitude to God. Our nation's first Thanksgiving Day proclamation in 1789, I want to read you the opening which laid the foundation for the rest of it and it's worth your time to read it all, but the beginning says, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. As I said, you should read it all. It's worth your time. It continues to acknowledge God as the author of all of our blessings. And it even beseeches God that He would forgive us of our transgressions. 
If you fast forward to 2016, when our nation's most ungodly president was in office, I say that with all seriousness. President Obama's Thanksgiving proclamation in 2016 never once mentioned God. The only mention of the Lord you'll find in that proclamation is the customary dating that you find at the end of all proclamations today where it says in the year of our Lord. Today we're watching as many in our nation's government are seeking to limit Thanksgiving gatherings or even cancel them altogether. And I've been on the verge of letting loose of my opinions on what is happening to our liberties in this country. I'll go ahead and tell you tonight that our state's government should not be telling us how many can gather in our homes. They should not be telling us to be off the streets by 10 p.m. We should not be told whether or not we can gather for church. They should not be fining or imprisoning any who seek to enjoy the freedoms we have in our Constitution. And I don't know about you, but I still hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created, created equal. That we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Are all these ordinances really about our health? If someone can get liquored up and get behind the wheel of a car and endanger me and others themselves, then why can't I put myself at risk with this virus by peaceably going about my life? If states can jeopardize my well-being by allowing people to get high and impede their judgment, then why can't I do the same with this virus? Like my wife said the other day when we were in Billings, if a woman can choose to take the life of her unborn child through abortion, then I should be able to choose to put my life at risk. How is it that pro-choice doesn't extend to this situation? Where are the pro-choicers on this one? And I'm just so sick of hearing that all of this is about our health. If that were true, we'd get rid of liquor, we'd get rid of drugs, and we'd get rid of abortion. I was willing to give our nation's health department the benefit of doubt back there in March. But now that this virus has proven to be far less lethal than we were told, I believe all these mandates associated with this pandemic are nothing more than a power grab by an out-of-control government. No, I haven't lost my mind. And if you'll study what started the American Revolution, it's when the pulpit got on fire. I'm not only a Christian by the grace of God, but I'm an American by the grace of God. And I'm an American patriot at that. I'm not going to quietly lay down my rights. As Thomas Jefferson said, when government fears the people, there is liberty. When the people fear the government, there is tyranny. And I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. Our nation has lost her way. 
And I believe the time has come for you and I to decide how seriously we want to stand for our constitutional rights. I'll save that for another time, but it's building up. Believe it or not, there was a time when there was a genuine thankfulness to God for all His blessings upon this nation. While I believe President Trump has brought back a form of godliness, overall we are no longer one nation under God. And President Ronald Reagan said, if we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. And this has certainly come into pass before our very eyes. In addition to President Washington's first Thanksgiving proclamation, I believe there is a proclamation which captures our text verse very well. That is President Lincoln's 1863 Thanksgiving proclamation. I'm going to read the entirety to you now, so bear with me. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever watchful providence of Almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity which has sometimes seemed to invite and provoke the aggressions of foreign states, peace has been preserved with all nations. Order has been maintained. The laws have been respected and obeyed. And harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union, the needful diversions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege and the battlefield. The country rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God who while dealing with us in anger for our sins hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and prayer to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due to Him for such singular deliverances and blessings that they do also with humble penitence for our national uh, perseverance and disobedience, commend to His tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony whereof I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed 
done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1,863, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th, by the President, Abraham Lincoln. That was a mouthful, but that proclamation was given October the 3rd, 1863. And in 1863, there were several major battles which took place in the Civil War. The year began with the battle already raging at Stones River, where there were 23,515 casualties. The siege of Vicksburg saw 19,233 casualties. The siege of Port Hudson saw 12,208 casualties. July 1st through 3rd of that year was the Battle of Gettysburg, where there were 51,000 casualties. And in September, only two weeks before President Lincoln gave this Thanksgiving Day proclamation, was the Battle of Chickamauga, where there were 12,485 casualties. Those are just the major battles. There were at least 151,213 casualties that year before Abraham Lincoln gave that proclamation. There were more casualties than that because there were many smaller scale battles. From what are considered major battles, there were already at least 322,875 casualties from the beginning of the war until that proclamation date. Now, how is it that President Lincoln could issue a Thanksgiving proclamation to a divided, war-torn nation at a time like that? I believe he understood 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There was no giving of thanks for the war, but there was a giving of thanks in it all. Even in the midst of the Civil War, President Lincoln was able to pause and give thanks to God. He recognized God was still providing fruitful fields to provide the nation's food. He was thankful that America was at peace with nations abroad. He was thankful that laws were being obeyed and respected by civilians. He was thankful our nation was being expanded. He was thankful the mines were still producing He was thankful the plows were still in the field. And in all of this, he recognized God as the giver of all these blessings. And even through such a terrible war and such a massive loss of life on the battlefield, he understood God was still good. That is the essence of 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I want you to notice that this verse does not say give thanks for all things. It says, give thanks in all things. Even through bad times and circumstances, we are still to give thanks to God through it all. No matter the circumstance that we find ourselves in, we can still be a thankful people. How can we give thanks through the loss of grace and young? Well, I'm thankful God allowed me to know Him. I'm thankful for the laughs that we shared. I say this with no disrespect, but those who went to the viewing, it just did not look like Grayson. Because I always saw Grayson with a smile on his face. I'm thankful for the times we spent together. 
I'm thankful for how God used his life. I only have good memories. And I'm thankful for that. We can give thanks that he knew the Lord as his Savior. We can give thanks that Grayson is in the presence of the Lord. We can give thanks that Christ shed his blood to save sinners. I'm not thankful that Grayson is no longer with us. But I can still be thankful in his death because God had redeemed him to himself. He's now experiencing the fullness of Christ. And I'm thankful that one day I will see him again in glory. You see, it's when we stop to give thanks, we can turn our attention off of the circumstances and onto God to where our attention belongs. If you begin to count your blessings, you will be forced to give thanks to God in all things. I'm amazed at those who claim to be Christians, claim to be born again, and yet they say they can't find reasons to be thankful to God. If it isn't enough to be thankful in all things because you've been redeemed, then I have to wonder if you've ever been redeemed to begin with. As a child of God, I will never thirst again. I will never hunger again. Because the Lord is my portion. As a child of God, I will never experience God's wrath. Amen. My sins have been washed away. I have a home in heaven. I know the Creator God as my Father and my friend. We have a salvation which can never be taken away. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. God has said He will never leave us nor forsake us. We have eternal life. A true child of God doesn't need a day on the calendar to remind us to be thankful. We are commanded to give thanks unto God. A continual thanksgiving proclamation. We are to give thanks in all things. I don't like the direction our nation is heading, but I am still thankful to be living in this nation. God has been so very good to us. I don't like that I had to pay $4,000 in vehicle repairs this month, but I'm glad God gave me a vehicle. Amen. Amen. I don't like the rising cost of getting by, and neither do you. But I'm thankful to God that I've never had to go hungry, that I have clothes on my back, that I have a roof over my head. I have gas in the tank. I don't like that Grayson is no longer with us, but I am thankful for the friends that I still have here. I'm thankful to God for this church family, which has been so loving through all of this, this whole year. God has always been good to us. We should always be thankful in all things. You may be going through a storm tonight. Stay thankful. War may be raging around you, but stay thankful to God. Get your eyes off of the storm. Get your eyes off of the conflict and get your eyes upon the one who walks upon our storms. If you'll do that, you will be thankful. I think there's a pattern here in our text that can help us. At some point, I would like to preach this in its entirety. 
But look at verses 16 through 22. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit. Despise not prophesyings. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. If you rejoice in God, you will pray to God. If you pray to God, you will give thanks to God. If you are in prayer, you will not quench the Holy Spirit. If you don't quench the Holy Spirit, you won't despise preaching. And if you don't despise preaching, then you'll be able to prove all things. And if you prove all things, then you'll know what you need to abstain from. I hope you can see the pattern there. So are you first rejoicing in the Lord tonight? Then are you praying always? If so, you will begin to fulfill the will of God for your life in giving thanks in all things. Therefore, I believe we can say, if you are not thankful to God, then you are not rejoicing evermore. And you are not praying without ceasing. Something is wrong with your walk with God if you are not thankful in all things. This is the will of God for you. This has been an incredibly challenging year. And yet there is so much we can still be thankful for. I thank God we live in South Dakota. I'm thankful for our governor. I'm thankful we have not been told we need to shut our doors. I'm thankful that 75% of our church has remained faithful. I could go on and on listing how God has been so good to us this year. I love it when Karen Williams sings, To God be the glory. How can I say thanks for the things you have done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you give to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to Thee. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things He has done. With His blood He has saved me. With His power He has raised me. To God be the glory for the things He has done. As we gather with loved ones this week, take the time to be thankful. Thank God for all of His manifold blessings. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. Pause and think about it. Think about how good the Lord is to you daily. He daily loadeth us with benefits. Daily. Every day. There are so many benefits that we can remain thankful for. One thing I've noticed over the years is those who are thankful in all things are those who never get bitter at God. Amen. Being unthankful leads to bitterness. Being unthankful keeps you from fulfilling God's will for your life. In everything give thanks. 
For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. There's always something to be thankful for. It's a matter of your perception. I'm sure some of you have had an incident where the car broke down and it was infuriating. And then you remember it could have been way worse. I'm thankful I've had many of them break down in the driveway instead of in the middle of traffic. We were traveling back from Georgia to South Dakota when the radiator went out in our Cherokee. And boy, that was frustrating. And I could never prove it, and just my belief, because of how fast we were going and the timing we would have been in that area. Just down the road, there was a huge tornado that took out that whole stretch there. And I believe with all my heart, you can try to tell me otherwise, but I believe God allowed it to happen to protect us. We don't know what God's up to. We don't understand it all. I can't tell you why He allows this one to die and this one to live who constantly complains. All I can tell you is God's working on all of us to conform us into His image. Perhaps Grayson was just more prepared for heaven than we are at the moment. I don't know. Don't get bitter at God over this. Don't get angry at God. We still have a lot to be thankful for. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. How about Liberty Baptist Tabernacle be a people who are fulfilling God's will in our lives by being a church that is thankful? I don't know what 2021 holds. But if 2020 is any indication, we better strap our boots up. Are you ready to stand? We'll have to work at being thankful in everything. But our Lord is good. Amen. Amen. No matter what, nobody can take away my salvation. And I will always be thankful for that. Let's pray.